welcome to the Love Your Life Project, a gentle guide to living a wholehearted, meaningful life. In these trying times, listen to stories, poems, musings, mystical wisdom to inspire you, bringing a little more light to your day. I'm Anuramana. had a moment of, maybe I could call it nostalgia this evening, as I was driving back from the lake. I was having a long autumn walk around the lake and the leaves were changing colour and there was that crisp, wonderful air. And I was just driving in my car behind a flatbed truck. And the bed was full of, I would say, freshly cut lumber, wood, firewood, someone preparing for the upcoming winter. It's October now, early October, but still the chill is really in the air. And the seasons aren't as apparent here in the mountains, in Mount Shasta. So... Winter can come quite suddenly. And the nostalgia came because I found myself in kind of a moment of transition. It seems like this beautiful mountain home and this amazingly beautiful cabin on the wetlands with a full-on view of the wonderful Mount Shasta it feels like my time here is coming to an end, coming to a close. Not so much by choice. I had always imagined I'd just live out the rest of my days here. But this past summer has been quite challenging. I lost my most cherished cat, Bowie, who was run over by a car and managed to, by some miracle, hobble home, barely able to to move, came all the way home to say goodbye. But that was a big blow as we'd lived together for close to seven years. And we had our ways as man and animal or woman and animal do. And he was so much more than an animal to me. He was my intimate. So losing him was quite an intense uh, experience and still miss him terribly many months later. And then a summer that started early with fires in the region, wildfires, so much smoke coating the entire area. For a good part of the summer, we had a reprieve of some good days, clear days. But the daily swims in the local lakes, which are usually crystal clear and such a delight, were really reduced to just a handful. And then there's the cabin I live in, which is, let's just say it's had a history 
it's from the 1920s and I've loved it here. It's kind of a mix of funky and arty and I've really added my own my own touches to it. I've got beautiful red poppies stenciled on a vibrant green wall. Another wall is red and it's just a very a very unique place to live. And what's happened is that the wood stove, which is imperative to have in the winters here in the mountains, it was deemed unsafe. And so my landlord removed it and we have had quite a summer going back and forth between figuring out how to replace it. He ended up buying a restored wood stove because he liked the brass finish on the door. However, it had a hole in it, which since got welded, but there's no guarantee it works. And, oh, many, many complications. (laughs) Eventually, the estimate from the chimney company for installing this used wood stove was too expensive uh, for my landlord and he didn't want to pay it. And so the way this cabin is laid out, it's not really ideal. Um, It's not well insulated. And um, even with a monitor heater, and several heaters around the cabin and upstairs in the sleeping loft, it can be really chilly. Even with the wood stove, it was just doable in the winters. So without the wood stove and a kind of dicey electrical system, so too many heaters plugged in would blow a fuse, it seems like the hand of love is gently nudging me out of here (laughs) and I'm smiling now but it really is quite poignant I have absolutely loved my time here you know just sitting on the upper deck in the evenings and watching the alpen glow that pink beautiful sheen on the mountain has been heavenly and to have the wetland We've had a resident deer and fawn here really since spring. They have eaten my flowers on the deck, but I don't mind. You know, they they belong here probably more than I do. And after Bowie left, I put up my hummingbird feeder again and put out a bird feeder and so there's quite an array of birds that swoop in. There's also a magnificent, very tall, ancient tree out there in the meadow that is actually what you would call dead. But it's such a wonderful resting post for all kinds of birds. And many people have come here and asked if I would want to have it taken down because it's dead and obscures the view to the mountain 
but there's no way, even if I had permission from my landlord, that I would remove it because it really is, it's part of the history of this land. Actually, the wetland that I live on used to be called Strawberry Valley. And it used to cover a vast area around here. There's still a beautiful meadow a couple of blocks down that's very popular. So I did feel nostalgic this evening, you know, with that beautiful air of autumn and this truck full of firewood, someone heading home to get ready for the winter as I have done year after year after year since moving here. There's still a stash of wood actually out in the carport. And so I'm not sure what's next. I'm not sure that it's the movement to stay at in the mountains or if it's to move to a gentler climb, maybe a warmer place. I had the gift, incredible gift of teaching recently in Hawaii. And though I've been there many times before, this time it felt much more like home to have the the gift of swimming in the ocean twice a day, walking the beach barefoot, just the beautiful tropical flowers and the singing birds. It's quite alluring and I've always loved my visits there, but, but really this time there was a different flavor to it. It was almost like the whisper of the land seducing me. But who knows what's next? And it does feel like autumn itself is so symbolic of letting go. The leaves dripping off the trees, swirling down to the ground, being recycled. It is a time of shedding and releasing. And so I feel quite content in a way to be in this place of unknowing, to be in this place of transition. And we'll see, we'll see what love offers. But I wonder in your life if there's something that you're being called, called to let go of, to relinquish. You know that old truism, closing one door allows another one to open. But we have to fully let go, not just physically, but emotionally, mentally, even spiritually, you know, just feeling gratitude for what we have been given. And when you think about it, everything is really just alone. It's just borrowed. Nothing is permanent here in this world. So I'd like to share a poem with you that feels quite fitting going with this theme of letting go. It's by Mary Oliver and it's called Storage. I moved from one house to another, 
There were many things I had no room for. What does one do? I rented a storage space and filled it. Years passed. Occasionally, I went there and looked in. But nothing happened, not a single twinge of the heart. As I grew older, the things I cared about grew fewer and were more important. So one day, I undid the lock and called the trash man. He took everything. I felt like the little donkey when his burden is finally lifted. Things burn them, burn them, make a beautiful fire. More room in your heart for love, for the trees, for the birds who own nothing. The reason they can fly. Making more room in the heart for love and trees and birds who own nothing. The reason, the very reason they can fly. And so in this life of temporality, of change and flux, we are all called on to receive what life gives us and to let go when it's taken or when it becomes time for it to be let go of. And sometimes that can be challenging. It's not just letting go of physical things, objects, but also it feels in this era since the birth of the pandemic and maybe before that even, that there's more of a, an invitation to let go of knowing to let go of control, of the familiar, of things that we, we have held as givens all our lives or most of our lives. So much of that has been upended in this past period. And there's a kind of a freeing, a liberation that happens when you do give up the reins of knowing. You know, the mind always wants to know. It's its job. And it can bring a certain degree of security. But actually, it's even more, there's even more potential in letting go of the mind's wanting to know. And just opening to each new moment fresh. It's not easy to do. I think we're being schooled in it more and more, certainly myself. I can tell you that now I'm packing up and, you know, donating a lot of stuff and I'm getting ready to be moving in the next month or so and have no idea where I will be moving to. And the surprising thing is that there's no fear at least not at this point. There's a kind of peacefulness in it because I know that the hand of love is guiding it all and that there has been a strong enough message to unearth me from my beloved cabin 
with its spiral staircase and its beautiful view and its wonderful neighbors that there's something else calling and it's a very faint whisper at this point so there isn't clarity on, on where this body will land or what possessions like furniture will be held onto or needed and it becomes this kind of possibility this feeling of vast potential and it has been a period of really practicing this not knowing leaning into the moment which can always be known you know right here right now is really the only true moment the only real moment we have anything in the past is just story anything in the future is just imagination so really in order to be fully alive it's to melt into now this moment right here the only one that is and it takes practice a lot of practice because the conditioning will always swoop in want the answers want everything you know concretely laid out and life just isn't like that you know I'm remembering a a quote by an Asian master I forget who but this master said the way is easy for he or she who is preferenceless the way is easy for he or she who is preferenceless having no preference just embracing each new now and seeing what happens maybe you could try it even for a morning or a period of time say half an hour and see if you can keep the mind on here now and when it starts to stray which it will I can guarantee you thoughts are always bubbling up just coming back to the heart coming back inside to your own beautiful interior where all the true treasures reside so just playing with that if you feel to seeing if you can see what you may have been holding on to that hasn't been serving you lately whether it's an old story or a grudge or a fear or a situation or a relationship and just see see how it might feel to just relieve yourself of that to let it wash off and out of the body maybe writing a farewell letter to it whatever it is and you can start small doesn't have to be something huge and life-changing but I can guarantee you this practice will change your life over time and so I'll read you one more poem now um, on the same theme and it's called everything falls away everything falls away sooner or later 
everything falls away. You, the work you've done, your successes, large and small, your failures too. Those moments when you were light, alongside the times you became one with the night. The friends fall away, the people you loved who loved you, those who might have wished you ill. None of this is forever. All of it is soon to go, or going, or long gone. Amazing to contemplate that line. All of it is soon to go, or going, or long gone. But the key is, or the question is, has it gone from your awareness? Has your attention been moved elsewhere? It's amazing how we can hold on, hold on to things that are just of no use to us, that that hold and pull us down. I remember watching a movie once and it was about, it was set after World War II and an American woman had married a German man and they were in somewhere in America in a small town and of course there was a lot of anti-German sentiment and the local hoodlums would bully this German guy and he always remained composed and easy about it, never complained, never spoke badly or ill of these people and his wife asked him then, you know, how can you be so forgiving of these guys, they are so cruel to you. And he said, you know, when you forgive, when you let go, you only have to do it once. But when you hold on, when you hold on to a grudge, you have to hold on to it forever. So I really loved that. You know, once you've truly let go, which is, in this instance, involving forgiveness. You're free. You're much freer than you were before that moment. And so, I'd like to leave you with this beautiful short poem. And it's called, The Light That Shines When Things End. The Light That Shines When Things End. I hope that in the future they invent a small golden light that follows you everywhere. I hope that in the future they invent a small golden light that follows you everywhere. And when something is about to end, it shines brightly so you know it's about to end. And if you're never going to see someone again, It'll shine brightly and both of you can be polite and say, it was nice to have you in my life while I did. Good luck with everything that happens after now. And maybe if you're never going to eat at the same restaurant again, it'll shine and you can order everything off the menu you've never tried. Maybe if someone's about to buy your car, the light will shine and you can take it for one last ride. Maybe 
If you're with a group of friends who'll never be together again, all your lights will shine at the same time and you'll know. And then you can hold each other and whisper, that was so good. Oh my God, that was so good. Thank you. See you next time.